first and foremost is that it's really important to know that you do not have to live from conditions and circumstances that at any time in any phase of your life no matter where you are what you can do rather than living from the conditions and circumstances is that you can hold a higher vision for yourself and for your life by one simple question and that is what would i love that voice you just heard is fee mazanki for many years fee has been coaching people on how to be happier and more fulfilled in their personal and professional lives. In this inspiring conversation, you'll learn questions you can ask yourself and action steps you can take to directly connect to the power of possibility in your life. Let's get to it. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome, everyone. I am here today with Fee Mazanki. Really, really excited about this guest and this interview. Fee worked in Vector and Cutco for 16 years, started as a sales rep, was a manager for a short while, and then wound up working in the region office with legendary Vector executive Marty Dimitrovich. Fee was the sales promotion manager for 12 years, working directly with Marty, and eventually was able to establish a coaching program where she coached people first in the central region and ultimately nationally within Vector. In fact, worked with many of our division managers. I can remember having had some interactions with uh, you, Fee, at that time. And ultimately, uh, Fee started her own coaching business called Direct Connect Coaching, which is what she has been doing for the past 18 years or so. And she is impacting people all across the United States in a very powerful way. So we're very excited to have you here today, Fee. Thanks for making some time. Thanks so much, Dan. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. Fantastic. Well, Fee, I'd like to hear a little bit about your background leading up to how you got started with Cutco Vector, because I don't really know your story from you know back when you first started or before you first started. So just tell us a little bit about you and how you ended up working here in Cutco and Vector. Sure. So back in 1984... I was a college student, a 19-year-old college student at Eastern Illinois University, and I happened to need a summer job. And in the search for the summer job, this at that time, an ad in the paper just kept popping up and popping up, and it really caught my attention. And so I 
uh, decided to kind of follow the lead on that and went in for the interview. And at that time, Brad Loy was the district manager. And it wasn't, the company wasn't even Vector uh, at the time. It was an, uh, an independent company called Breckmar. And it was, uh, it was uh, Mr. Brecken and Marty Dimitrovich. It was called Breckmar. And that was, um, it was eventually back in 1987, Breckmar merged with Vector. And so um, originally Vector was kind of our competition. And then there was uh, the union and the merger that happened in 1987. And I was all part of that. So that's kind of how it all got started. So I'm kind of one of the one one of the people that have been around for a very, very long time and in and around the business for a very long time. Oh, wow. And did you grow up there in Illinois? Oh, yeah. I'm a Chicago native, uh, born and bred, and I, we live in the suburbs. But oh, yeah, I am. I'm here. This is my home. And, you know, right now it's go Cubs go. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. What were some of the early lessons that you had through some of your Cutco experiences? Well, first and foremost, Dan, I started, uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it was in June um, when I was back in 1984. And right after I started, as many people are doing now or have just completed now, I went, I, I finished training and was invited to attend uh, the sales conference, uh, SC1. And I made the decision to go and attend the conference. And it was really one of the greatest decisions that I made because, you know, when you're sitting through training, you're kind of like, yeah, this is, I love the product. The people seem great. But then when you get a chance to go to a conference and you see the impact of many people and you get a chance to see people doing well, who right out of the box, you know, starting just kind of out of the starting blocks. They start to sell Cutco and they're breaking records and, and, and hitting great fast start numbers. It just kind of opened my eyes to what was possible in this business. So I was very grateful that I attended uh, the conference. And, you know, like any sales rep, you go through some of the initial early challenges of rejection and, and having to overcome rejection. And that's something that you know, you just get used to um, over time and you develop a thick skin, so to speak, because you sometimes, you know, initially I'm a highly emotional person and initially you take that personally, you know, that rejection. But then Mm -hmm. after you just continue over and over and over again, you realize, hey, you know what, this is part of just doing the numbers and and selling. So that was really um, a great instrument for me to really learn and grow from is, is really understanding. It's one of many. Yeah. All of our new reps experience different levels of achievement, but everybody has some successes and some failures. I mean, everybody has no sales, for example. And that really mirrors life. It's like in life, not every day goes exactly the way we want it. And not every experience is exactly how we want it. And sometimes there's, you know, challenges that crop up and things that happen unexpectedly. And it's all stuff we have to learn to deal with. And I feel like a lot of people in the world, they feel like if they get a flat tire on their car, that it's like the greatest adversity in life or something. And vector people, cuckoo people just kind of learn that like things happen. And what am I going to do now? Like, how do I handle this? And how do I move forward? And it's just a valuable thing that I think we all got when we were, you know, newer cutco reps experiencing some of the normal adversities. Yeah. 
by far, Dan, I can say that um, there's been so many lessons and that one was particularly a, a good one to learn really young, you know, at 19, you're ripe, you're, you're just kind of getting started in, in life and going through college. And, and so that was a really valuable lesson to learn. Along with another one that came up for me was um, I, I learned, I moved into management really quickly. And so one of the things that happened as, as you move into management is you kind of take on the characteristics of your manager or someone else. I remember answering the phones and kind of mimicking someone else that was getting really great success answering the phones, doing, doing a lot of different office activities. And I, I also remember going through and realizing that it was not important for me to speak the way my manager spoke or to, uh, or to get on the phone and, and, and talk or, or even sound like anyone else. I remember really learning the lesson of, hey, it's important to be just be me and just be authentic. And it's one of these things I, I, I was in St. Louis earlier this week talking to a client and I said to him, the definition of authenticity is when the inside matches the outside. And mm. that was something that really came up for me um, early on. And it was through kind of a, a, a seeming failure of, wow, I'm not getting the same results. What am I doing? And I remember Brad was my manager and he said, hey, how come you're saying that or how come you're speaking in that way? And I said, well, that's because this person was really successful and I wanted to mimic that. And I realized that it was way more important just to be myself. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Wow, that's a great lesson right there. Sure. So you got into the region office within a few years and how did you get into working in the region office? Well, this is quite an amazing story. And it's, it's kind of telltale to my life and kind of how I operate in my life. And so I had a short stint as a district manager. And I realized in my heart, there was something else for me to pursue. And at the time, and this was really kind of a bold move on my part. I was, um, at, at the time, I was 22 and I asked Marty Dimitrovich, who was, as you mentioned, the legendary uh, executive in Cutco and Vector, and I had a great, great opportunity to work with him over many, many years. And I asked him for an exit interview, which it wasn't even called an exit interview. I said, hey, would you be willing to sit down and talk to me? And I just, I went straight to Marty because there was something that called me to do mm. that. And, and that was bold for me. It, you know, I was young. It wasn't like I was seasoned at all. And it was a bold move. And um, I sat down with him and I said, you know, Marty, one of the things that I would really love is to be the sales promotion manager, because I saw there was a woman that was doing it all summer long. And I, I would really love to do that. And he said, well, you know, Fee, and I don't remember the woman's name that was doing it, but she, she left and went back home and we hired somebody from Michigan and we just moved him down. So really that position isn't open at all. Mm. You know, we just moved a guy down. He's, you know, he's, he's in place, you know, and we paid for him to move. So I said, okay. So what was really interesting, Dan, and this again is really fitting for how my life rolls and how I, I operate. Um, I was working a part-time job in retail sales in a, in a high-end 
um, store in the Chicago area. And I wanted to build my career wardrobe at a discount. So that's why I did it. And then on my off days, what I did was I looked for work. And one of the other things that I did, I was raised, I was raised Catholic and my mom was a former uh, cloister nun, which is a Catholic nun. And so one of the things that she um, used to teach me is, you know, you say a novena, if you want something, you put it out there and you say a novena. And the word novena simply means nine, nine times. So you say this, you say this prayer basically nine times a day for nine days. And I started doing it on my way to my retail job. And, and on the seventh day, Marty called me and he said to me, Fee, I have some news for you. And I said, what's that? And he said, uh, Craig, the guy who we moved from Michigan actually is moving back to Michigan hmm. be- because he's taking over his family business. And he goes, so I have an opening in the sales promotion manager role. Whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> it happened that way. And um, what I, you know, what I can tell the audience and all of our listeners here today is that it doesn't matter. It, you don't have to say a novena at all because it doesn't, it's not a religious thing by any stretch. But what I put out there, what I put out there was a job that was going to be really ideal for me, that I was going to love, that I was going to really flourish in, something that was going to be fulfilling. I had no idea that Marty would call me on day seven of my nine days of saying that novena, but it happened. And you know, he hired me and the rest is history. And then wow. we worked, we worked really side by side, um, very closely together. And it was a beautiful, wonderful um, business mentor mentee relationship that I cherish forever. Yeah. Tell us about that because, you know, Marty is the very definition of a legend in whatever terms you want to put it in. Like he's like a legend in the Vector Cutco history and lore one of the most successful executives ever, but also has this reputation of being one of the most beloved people ever in vector marketing and Cutco. And of course, uh, if you've listened to some earlier episodes with some of Marty's other pupils, you know that Marty was taken away from all of us prematurely in his 50s from uh, pancreatic cancer. And... All the many people that had a chance to work directly with Marty have so many great things to say about him. So tell us about some of the experiences working with Marty. What was that like? Well, it was amazing and wonderful. And it, it's a little bit emotional, even now knowing that he, you know, he's, he's no longer on the earth with us. Um, I'm, I know he's with us in spirit, but no longer here. But Marty and I had a really wonderful working relationship and we had a, we had adjoining offices with these doors adjoining and we left the doors open for the most part, you know, unless Marty had some confidential discussions that he had. And so I always remember, you know, it was always the call back, back and forth between the open doors. Hey, Fee, what about this? And what about that? And Again, when I started working with Marty, I was only 22 and very, very new and new to, you know, new to um, this kind of corporate side of things. But I'm so, so, I feel so eternally blessed that he was such a great mentor because he 
took me by the hand, Dan, and he just showed me the way. And there were so many beautiful, wonderful lessons that I learned from Marty. Um, He was the ultimate negotiator. And so I learned so much about asking and, and Marty kind of forced me to ask, like we, you know, we would do hotel negotiations and he'd be like, okay, you just have them throw in that 1500, 1500 people continental breakfast, you know, just ask them to throw that in for us. And, um, and I was mortified, Dan. I mean, I, I was like, I can't ask for 1500 free continental breakfast, Marty, you know, and um, but he, I, I just did it. I just would, I, I kept going and I kept going and he really um, showed me that as always, what, what everybody in co talks about, you just have to ask for the order and, um, and, and you don't have to be, you know, mean or crazy about it. You just ask. And, and Jerry Addison was another great mentor of mine too. And, and Jerry was Marty's manager. And I was very close with, uh, with Jerry as well. And Jerry said, Fee, you can, you can um, ask for anything with a smile. Always just ask for a smile and or with a smile. And so I learned that through both of them to just ask, ask. And sometimes you're going to get a yes on even some of the craziest things. So, you know, it's, it, it, became, um, it became something that I did regularly and I continue to do. Um, you know, just in, in living and everyday living, Hey, can you throw in a tie with that suit? Or can you throw in a pair of socks with that? Like it's, it just became very ordinary for me to do that because of my, um, my lessons that I learned from growing up with Marty in the business. Um, he also took great care of people and, um, really he gave people chances all the time. Um, and he just, he, he, he was very, very much into culture. He wanted to expand the minds of people. And he did that so regularly. I mean, Dan, we would, he would take our division managers hunting to a baseball game and then, you know, to the opera. I mean, it was just that diverse. He wanted so much cultural experience with people because mm. he knew knew our, our like we were all young and we were all impressionable and he wanted to just expand where we are and and, and well you know our view of of life and our view of the world and and so he did that for us and it, i'm eternally grateful for that and there's just i i can go on and on there's so many more things that he yeah, taught me that's yeah. awesome that's so great so what made you decide to head out on your own and start coaching? How did that evolve? Well, there was a point, Dan, again, I, I'm someone who follows my heart and kind of takes the lead of my heart. That's just, just what I do. And there was a point in time as I was a sales promotion manager where there was something else calling for me. And I didn't know what it was. It was really um, amazing to know there was something knocking on my heart, but I wasn't really clear about what that was. And we, I had a meeting with Marty and we had a, we had a restructure in the organization and I had a meeting with Marty and there was one particular thing. It was a really hot July afternoon, I remember. And at that point, Dan, I knew, um, as a result of that meeting, I knew that it was my time. And so, hmm. um, shortly thereafter, I talked to Marty and I said, Marty, uh, this is, we, I need to move on. And I had no idea 
what that moving on looked like or what that was going to be. I had no idea. And so um, Marty and I discussed it and he said, you know, we were, we were a team and we were partners and we made every decision together. He brought me into all things in the business. And there wasn't anything that Marty kept separate from me. Hmm. We were, we, we decided on things together. We discussed everything together. That was just the relationship that we had. We were very deeply connected in a very uh, wonderful business working relationship. And, um, and he was like, well, Fee, I don't want to, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to work with anybody else, but you. And I, and, and I said, okay. And so the amazing thing for me, and I never recommend this to any of my clients that are kind of in that career transition space, but um, the amazing thing for me was that after I talked to Marty and just shared the truth, shared my heart, said, I really feel like there's something else calling my name. Um, two weeks after that, there was an opportunity for me to become certified in coaching. And I was enrolled in a coaching program by that time, probably for about nine or 10 months. And I was doing really well, creating great balance, creating great strides, you know, feeling like really good and and good about the direction of my life. But it was that calling that was, um, that was there for me. So it was for me, you know, I, I, I took the leap and the net followed, the net opened up. And I, I don't recommend that to people unless you have you know, a tremendous amount of, Hey, I know this is going to work a tremendous amount of faith in the, in the process, because I can say it does work. And you also have to have faith in the process that it does work. So I, I got certified as a coach and I started uh, doing a little tiny bit of coaching at the end of 1999. And January of 2000 was when we officially introduced coaching just to the central region uh, as an experimental, it was experimental basis. And it was a really pivotal mm. time, Dan, because January 1st of 2000 was when Marty was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I remember getting the call on New Year's Day um, and he said, Fee, I have some bad news because he, he came in, he was on a sabbatical and he came back and I looked at him and I said, Marty, you look terrible. I didn't say that. I said something else, but because we had such an open relationship and so he, he got checked out right after he returned from his sabbatical. And sure enough, it was pancreatic cancer. And, um, and he, was, he, he did that. He, he, he battled that, um, that disease for over eight years. And I, I attribute his, his, um, just his wherewithal and his progress in continuing to find um, a way to stay alive um, to his business mindedness and his focus, the man put together a business plan for his illness and mm. how he was gonna how he was gonna handle it, and um, and he was very focused and very determined. And I I walked with him through the path of um, of his illness, and then you know we had some really really tough and um, very deep uh, conversations towards the end of his life. Um, and you know, through it all, I can tell you, and I'm sure Marty wouldn't, wouldn't mind me sharing this now, but through it all, it was not the success. It was not the money. It was not all of the, uh, of the wonderful things and, and, and wonderful accolades that he, Marty got. What really mattered most to him was his family and, um, and his faith and, 
um, you know, and just that was what mattered. None of nothing else mattered. He said, if I can, if I could trade in my wealth for my health, I would do that right now. And so it was, it was, um, it was a really challenging time for me because here's this mentor of mine that I learned so much from dying right before my eyes. And he literally would come, he would drive about an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes to my house about once or once or twice a month. Um, and we would sit and have coaching conversations. So it became kind of a role reversal where mm. I was listening to him and, and, and kind of offering suggestions and things, some really deep, deep advice and deep suggestions. Wow. Yeah. So you guys implemented this coaching program in the central region and then it expanded more nationally in 2001. And then what led you to start Direct Connect Coaching? What gave you the impetus and the courage to start your own coaching business? Again, I was very, very satisfied and, and loved the work and loved the results. We were getting tremendous results in Vector. And I felt like there was... Um, a more diverse audience out there. And, and that was, again, the calling of my heart. There's, that seems to be a theme as I, as I discuss this today to kind of diversify the audience. And so as I, I, I stepped out of coaching in Vector, but I remained really constant in, in touch and in constant contact. And I still have Vector clients to this day. Um, I coached two of them this morning, you know? so. I'm very, very blessed to continue that very um, wonderful relationship with with Vector. In that we, you know, there's there's a lot to share, and I've I've been in and around the business for a long time, so um, I still love my Vector clients, and I get a chance to work with young people. I've had people that have come to me for bullying, or people that have. Um, come to me, grandmothers that have come to me for, you know, relationships with their sisters or children or how to handle different things. I've I've had a very, very diverse audience since that time. And it's now in looking back at it, what I know is that my clients teach me just as much as I teach them. I learn Mm -hmm. If not more, I mean, I I learn more from my clients than than probably they learn from me, and it's a really humbling experience. And I think having a diverse audience really supported um, a, just a whole nother level of learning and growth for me. And um, and and in coaching older people, people that are older than me, and and these people are paying me to give them advice and offer them suggestions and and help them to grow. Um, it was really a confidence boost for me as well. Wow, that's awesome. What are some of the most important principles that you share with your clients that you could share with this audience today? You bet. Uh, I'm going to go really fast because this, as, as I mentioned to you, Dan, is, is really hard for me to distill just a few because there's so many. And I love the power of the human spirit so much. And, and, and um, I, that's one of the things I connect to with each and every client is the power of the human spirit. And, and so the first, first and foremost um, is that it's really important uh, to know that you do not have to live from conditions and circumstances, that at any time, in any phase of your life, no matter where you are, and I don't care if it's, you know, terminally ill to 
um, you know, to uh, broke or in debt over $100,000. None of that really matters. What you can do rather than from the conditions and circumstances is that you can hold a higher vision for yourself and for your life by one simple question. And that is, what would I love? And, and the reason why, what would I love is such an impactful question to help you, um, help you write a vision is because when you focus on what you love, love is your natural state of existence. That's who we are. That's, that's why we've been brought here is to experience ourselves in the power of possibility. And the power of possibility is held in what we love. Mm. And so, and so if you can craft a vision that speaks to what you would love and rehearse it daily so that you feel it on a daily basis. And I do this every single day and rehearse it daily. Um, I do it every morning. I sit and I, that's the first thing I do when I wake up is just say, now what do I want? You know, what's next and what would I love and what, what would I love to see now? And then of course, you know, writing that down, anchoring it in the calendar, making sure that it, you know, that it's written is really valuable uh, too, but it's, it's, it's so wonderful to just take a vision and then take action steps towards that, you know, and, and I, I ask, you know, what, what's an action step? And Dan, the crazy thing about this is that action steps can be really small. They don't have to be big, giant moves. Um, I, there's, there's a question I'm currently enrolled in coaching uh, with Mary Morrissey's company. And she asks a question, what can I do with where I am with what I have? If you say, what can I do with where I am, with what I have? There's a simple answer that will emerge from within you. And in all the answers are within you. And then that action can be the one step. And it can be sending out a text or, or an email. You sent out an email to me and said, hey, you know, do you want to be on this, on this podcast? And I said, yes. Uh, you know, so I said yes to that. That was one action to help me formulate my vision. So I said yes to that. And so, and some things you're going to have to say no to, too, you know, that's, that's an important balance, but I always ask my clients and I always ask myself, I check in, I check in and I, I ask if this is expansive, if it feels really expansive, then it's a yes. And if it feels restrictive, if there's like one of those uh, in your gut or in your chest, or just, it just feels kind of like things are tight. That's a no. And I love being able to connect a client to the fact that all those answers are really easily accessible within when you just check in with yourself. So I'll often ask, you know, my clients check in, check in. And mm -hmm. then one, one other really fun thing to do in terms of action is saying, um, what's a five minute power move? You know, if you're really busy and this is a really busy time in vector right now, what, what's a five minute power move that I can take towards my vision? And then again, an answer will emerge from within and then you can take that action. So that's probably the first tool that I have to offer. That's so great. Just the idea of asking yourself, what would I love is giving our mind 
more focus and awareness of what we want, what we're looking for. I feel like it's almost like if you want to buy a certain car, you start noticing that car all the time, you know, all around the city. You see it way more often when you're thinking about it. And sure. The more that we give our minds focus of what we would love, of what we want, the more that we actually recognize the opportunities to be able to capture that when they show up in our lives. And the more likely we are to harvest those opportunities because we're actually looking for them. We're seeing them more readily. So I think that whole idea of asking yourself, what would I love? And I also love the question, what can I do with where I am and with what I have? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. That's so often I think people have a deficit based thinking of, you know, what they don't have or what they need to be able to achieve what they want and why they can't achieve what they want. And so many people ask themselves the wrong questions. And that's just a great question to get people thinking about what's in my control. What can I do today? Right. To sure. move towards what I want. So I think that's very powerful. Yeah. Awesome. It's kind of like you're not going to get to the top of Mount Everest by looking at the top of the mountain. You've got to take a step. And so by breaking it down on a daily basis, either by saying, you know, what's a five minute power move or what, what, what step can I take? What's one action I can take with where I am, with what I have? It makes it really simple. It breaks it down and it can be. It, it can be such a simple, small act, but what happens in the scheme of holding the vision and practicing living from that vision every single day, Dan, is that things automatically line up for you that you, like, you just get blown away by, you know, like you just go, oh my gosh, this was so simple because I've been practicing this. Hmm. Very yes. cool. Yes. Something I know I heard from you is this quote, which is, um, when we release our attachment to an outcome, we create an opportunity for an even greater outcome. Yes. Could you discuss that a little bit? Sure. Releasing attachment means that in our minds, we think that things should go one way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we look at it, but there is, there is a much broader perspective that often comes forward when we open up to, um, you know, the greater outcome. So, um, for example, one, one of the, the, and this is a simple one, uh, something that I've been coaching my son in recently is he's, he's got a job, he works in Chicago and he was looking for, um, a condo to buy in the city. You know, so I said, well, get really clear about what's important to you and then go see what you're looking for and, um, and, and release attachment to the outcome. If, you know, if you see something that you love, it's either that or something greater than. So if you Mm. walk into a place and it doesn't work out for you, just know on the other side of it, there's something greater than Mm. that can, that can open up for you. So, so it's when you hold to, um, the power of possibility within your world and when within your life and you say, Hey, I want to create this, but I'm not going to be attached to the way it looks or something greater than, um, then, then some, so many infinite possibilities happen and it happened. We, uh, my husband and I, when we got married, we bought a house right away. 
And um, um, we, we had purchased a home prior to that, um, that that was going to be a newly built home. It was in a different location than our, our house that we moved into was. And it was devastating news for us because he worked for Amoco Oil Company at the time. And, he, and they said, hey, you guys can't move there because it's out of your territory, Bob. And oh my gosh, I was devastated. I cried for days. I thought, oh my gosh, here we were getting married. We had money down on this house. How are we going to even get out of it? Well, in hindsight, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to us because what ended up happening is um, we ended up moving not to where we were originally building the home, but to St. Charles, Illinois. And it became our home. This, I mean, we still live here 30 years later and it became our, this is where we're anchored. You know, this mm. is where we raised our children and it's been just the most amazing uh, family life for us. Amazing family connections. It's just been really remarkable. So wow. that, that is a releasing attachment to the outcome and knowing that there's something even greater than if this, you know, there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be things that in your vision, in your sight, are not going to work the way you thought they should work, but there's a reason behind it. And if you can believe and trust that there's a reason behind the fact that this isn't working out because on the other side, there's something better. There's something great. I could see that being such a great and relevant lesson for a lot of the young people who work with us when they're experiencing a challenge in a relationship, for example, and just realizing like, well, if it's not going to be this relationship, there's going to be something better. And mm-hmm. to have that faith that that's what's out there for them, I think can help people move forward with a lot more confidence and enthusiasm when challenges arise. That's sure. awesome. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's a great example. Relationships are a great example. It's it, if those relationships fail or if that relationship fails, then it's some, there's something greater on the other side of it. It's, it's what I call, um, uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about It's his quote that says, there's a seed of grace in every difficulty. And I was just, I was just coaching a client before I got on with you today, Dan. And I said, she was going through some business challenges. And I said, what's the seed of grace? What's the seed of grace here? And when you allow people to rise up, rise their conscious awareness up to what is a seed of grace rather than staying stuck in the circumstances and the conditions of what's happening, then there's a whole new light that is, is shown on that experience where people really get an opportunity to go, you know what, even though it's in a really ugly package, there's a gift behind it. Wow. Wow. Well, that's such an enlightened way of thinking when a challenge comes up is what's the seed of grace. And not everybody understands that. Not everybody displays the capacity to do that, but I think everyone can. And uh, that's such a powerful lesson. Sure. And I've, I've had some very adverse things happen to me over the last several years. And believe me, it has been uh, very much a focus for me of looking to the seed of grace and looking at what are the really powerful, positive outcomes that can result or what's possible here? 
um, rather than staying stuck. And not that I haven't, you know, not that I haven't navigated some really sticky waters because I have. And adversity in that topic can be a whole other that can yeah. be a whole other topic and 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 kind of navigating the waters of adversity because uh, I've I've lived that life too. I've lived that side of things. So it's not all it's not all uh, roses for myself or anybody out there. Right. And I recognize that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Fia, mm-hmm. as you look ahead five, 10 years down the road, what are you most excited about for the future? I love that question, Dan, because, um, because I, I carry a great deal of enthusiasm for um, this movement of uh, di- directly connecting people to the power of possibility. And that's you know part of the reason why um, I started Direct Connect Coaching was because it started in the direct sales industry. And I've had a lot of experience among a lot of different direct sales organizations to be able to coach people in. And and to be able to directly connect people to the power of possibility and empower them so that we can start a movement, not just, you know, I want to start a movement wherever I go, but I want to start a movement that becomes um, a foothold for people to really know that within themselves, there is so much potential that, that within the, the, the human spirit, there is so much here, much more than we even give ourselves credit for. And I haven't even begun, and I've been in and around this work for coaching work for almost 25 years now, I have not even begun to tap into all of it or even a, a little snippet of it, you know? And so it's everlasting, ever, it's ongoing. Well, that is fantastic, Fee. That's awesome. I feel like a ton of value has come from this conversation that uh, our listeners are going to get a lot of great stuff. You know, when I just listen to you, Fee, I get this feeling of uh, innate wisdom that you have. Like there's something inside of you that is so powerful that when you speak and you share the wisdom comes out and I think in ways that people can really grasp and implement. And you're very inspiring. You're very inspiring. I know that just talking to you today uh, has inspired me about some of the ways that I can continue to improve my thinking and some of the actions that I can take. And so I definitely uh, have enjoyed our conversation and I think people will get a lot of great value from this. So I just want to say thank you very much for all of your time and what you've offered. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure and my privilege to serve in this capacity. I, I, I loved it. And I, I love my ties to Cutco and Vector. So change lives and sell some knives. Love it. <laughs> awesome, Fee. Thanks. All right. That was Fee Mazanki. And you've heard a lot of talk about Marty Dimitrovich on this podcast, if you've listened to all the episodes. And I was just thinking about the fact that Fee is the one person that literally worked with Marty every day, every day for 12 years in the same office. And uh, some good stuff that she learned there from Marty that came out of that relationship. I love where Fee said, you don't have to live from conditions and circumstances. We have the power to set our own intentions. I know that's one of the things that Fee teaches a lot about is setting intentions. What would I love? What would I love today? What would I love to have happen in this situation? I've always put it to people as what is the ideal outcome of this situation? 
That's a question I've always asked people to consider. What is the ideal outcome in this situation? And then backing that up with action steps, even small action steps, and thinking about what can I do with where I am and with what I have so that you're asking yourself, how can you move forward today? Not if this happens right or if I get that or this happens, but what can I do with where I am and with what I have now? Uh, the concept of releasing our attachment to outcomes and considering an even greater possibility that could be right around the corner for us. And what's the seed of grace in every challenge? So many good things. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope to see you guys here, have you back here listening to the next episode coming soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.